That's settled. But how many wants to leave a legacy of faith and purpose when you're gone from this place? How many wants to see, how many wants to see a trail of submission and committal to Christ where we were all out and all in and sold out where people can follow the pathway? Paul said this, if you can't follow Jesus quite yet, follow me, I'm going there. I, I, I want to get to that bold place. How many say amen? If you can't see Jesus yet, just follow me. I'm not perfect. I do things wrong, but follow me because I'm on the path of righteousness. So the kingdom of God always is going to be tied to the righteousness of God, the right standing of God, and what God desires for our life. And today is an opportunity to move from confusion to clarity in any capacity in the kingdom. Today's opportunity to ensure the future of our children and our grandchildren by following the word of God. Now let me make this statement, and I'm going to make it one time, and I'm going to hopefully be clear enough that everybody understands. There is no political party that's going to save us. Some people tout one party is of the devil, one's of God. There are godly people on both sides. There appears at times that one party has way more godly people than the other. But again, you don't know everybody's heart. But we will talk about some things that stand for righteousness this morning. How many's okay with that? How many thinks the church has been asleep somewhat? You know what? Government is not supposed to tell the church what to do. The church is supposed to lead government. And we can prove that by the word of God. We can prove that by our founding fathers. Everybody from Frederick Dulles, uh, Douglas to um, Abraham Lincoln all the way back to the Adams boys and Thomas Jefferson, just every one of them. And we're going to have some quotes uh, hopefully before the service is over. I forgot to send them to Cody from my phone. Pastor Pat struggles with the phone. Pray for him and the phone. I have two phones. One's turned off. One turned on. It's broke. You can't hardly read it. Um, I just, anyway, pray for me in phone. I'd I, I, I probably, anyway, hallelujah, just pray for me in phone. Opportunity to take back what's been stolen from us, some rights, some liberties, and freedoms. How many's ready for a fight? No, how, come on, how many's ready to take back what belongs to us? Are you really? We've got to pass these down to our children. Our children right now aren't bent for a fight. They're bent to get a little award because they participated. I don't like getting an award for participating. I like getting an award because I win. And see, some, listen, guys, the, 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 the devil has been very subtle in moving into our culture in places where we shouldn't have allowed it to happen. But it's okay. We're ready for a fight. And I'm telling you, the Bible says we fight a good fight. And it's a fight of faith. And the truth is, the battle's been won. It's the personal fights we need to gain the victories in right now. Jesus has won the battle. He's defeated the devil, made an open show of him publicly, and now he said, I'm going to give you all the keys to the kingdom. You need to learn how to fight with my fight manual, my rule book, my sword, and, be, and learn how to be aggressive. You know, you got to be... How many here wouldn't be ashamed to hold up this sign? And it, it's not even touting. It's not even touting a sign. It's just hold up the sign to vote. I think we need to get busy in our neighbors' board. Neighbors, they helped each other with their crops. They helped each other with everything. That You know, you come in, you find something on, on your table. Baked. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 6. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There's a force of faith that is violent in the spirit realm. Well, listen to me, guys. There are demons out there. They know they got thrown out of heaven. They know they once were angels. 
and they're mad and they don't give a flip and they know it's not going to be good for them for their eternity and they're causing havoc in a lot of places, principalities, powers, rulers, different levels of demons. They've all been defeated, but Jesus, he's given us the key to keep them defeated. They're confused, they're liars, they're messed up, they're angry, and they're causing problems in our lives, but we can take the word of God, we can take the armor of God, we can take the sword of God, and we can do what God's called us to do. You say, well, what about the kingdom of God? There's a violence to take back what was stolen. We go in and get what the enemy has stolen. Here's four ways we can propel the kingdom. And if you want to write these down, they'll help you. Here's four biblical ways to not only live in the kingdom, but propel the kingdom. How many wants to take your family to another level in God? How many wants to take your children to another level? How many wants to reclaim your children and grandchildren for God? I'm telling you, here's four simple ways that it'll happen. Four things that you and I can do that it'll happen. First of all, how do we propel the kingdom of God? How do we move God's kingdom forward? How do I submit and commit to this level where the kingdom of God, where Jesus is the king of everything in my life, where the Holy Spirit empowers me to live out this life, where I am taking ground every day for myself, for my children, my grandchildren, or grandchildren to come, great-grandchildren. First of all, it's prayer. Everybody say prayer. How many of those prayers are the backbone of the church? So how many know the effectual, working, the effectual fervent working of prayer affects much? So prayer, praying according to the word of God, praying by the power of the name of Jesus, praying the prayer of agreement, praying what God says, and there's different kinds of prayer, but understanding that prayer can take back the darkness and turn it into light, prayer. Don't give up on a situation. Pray first. Pray first. How many knows there's a power of prayer? Pray first. You and I are here because somebody prayed for us. You and I are here because somebody spent time praying for us, praying on their knees, praying standing, praying wherever. But right people, right time, it's right place, and prayer is a part of it. So prayer, that's a way to move the kingdom forward. That's a way to take dark ground back into light. That's a way to see families delivered of, of situations and addictions and problems. That's where generational curses have been broken and received the victory over that where you don't have to act out three generations of messes in your family, you and me. Prayer. Prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. He got up early in the morning. He prayed late at night. He taught us how to pray. Number two, the power of praise. Jehoshaphat sent the praisers out in the battle. The power of praise. We bring the sacrifice of what? Praise. How many here doesn't sometimes feel like praising God besides Pastor Pat? How many here sometimes dealing with something like, dear God? But how many knows the power of prayer will release grace in your life and it moves ahead? In the case with Jehoshaphat, the enemy got so confused they killed each other. I'm telling you, the enemy's already confused. When we begin to praise God as our victor, we begin to praise God as the Lord of hosts, we begin to praise God as our protector, our provider, our healer, are baptized in the Holy Ghost, when we begin to praise God for those things, the enemy gets confused, they bump into each other, and they'll leave. As we continue to pray, and we continue to learn how to praise, not only corporately, but more importantly, privately. Number three, prayer, praise, praise and worship. Number three, proclamation. Speak what the Word says. I don't know if you ever thought about it, but the day 
David said to Goliath, I'm going to cut your big old ugly fat head off. That's the day he killed him. The day he said it was the day he, he killed him. When we, built, when we built this church, this building here, God dealt with me about something. He said, don't put a sign out front about a church coming until you're going to put a bulldozer in the next day. He said so many times people put a sign out and it's years and weeds grow over and it fades out. We put a sign out, I can't remember the day, but one day, family worship coming soon here, da-da-da, finance for El Shaddai. I don't know how many people called me and said, where is the bank of El Shaddai located? El Shaddai is another name for God. He is my source. He is my bountiful pleasure. On and on and on. I said, well, it's, 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 a, it's far away, but I can tell you about it. But the day we put the sign up, the next day we unloaded two bulldozers. And because it was flat, and because the family blessed us with it, it, it was just flat. It wasn't a lot to do for prep work. We got it prepped and ready and, and off to the races. So, proclamation. Begin to speak what God has promised you in his word. Begin to declare what God has said over you. He wants you to live long and strong. He wants you to live a prosperous life. He wants you to live healthy. Begin to claim your generations three to five down, the Bible says. You can say what your great-great-grandchildren can be and do. Begin to proclaim the goodness of God, the authority of God, the power of God, the grace of God. So prayer and praise and worship and proclamation, declaring what the Word says. As for me and my house, we're going to what? Serve the Lord. How many times we need to say that every day to somebody over and over. As for me and my house, that includes my kids and their kids and their kids, we're going to all serve the Lord. And it's not too early to pray that even before they're conceived in their mother's womb. And they have proven science, and we know scripturally that babies hear from the womb. When you lay hands on them and pray for them, they hear. They hear. Some of us are simply here because of the prayers of our moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers. And praise God, I thank God for that. Prayer, praise and worship, proclamation, participation. Get involved. Hook up. Find your place in the purpose of God. Find your place in the local church. Find your place. And that's where, that's where voting comes in. Participation. Participation. 31 million registered Christians did not vote in the last presidential election. 31 million. That ought not be. And if you or me didn't vote, God forgives, move on, but let's don't let that happen again, amen? We need to see ourselves as a majority, not a minority. We need to turn our voices up again. In the 60s, when that demon-possessed woman, you know, began to work taking prayer out of school and the Ten Commandments, where were we? Our voices were turned down. We, we, were, we were not looking ahead. We were not listening good. You know, when things are going good and everything's okie-dokie, a lot of times we throttle back and we don't, we don't stay as connected to God. But when something goes wrong, we have a 911 situation, we, and you know God's faithful and he loves us. Aren't you glad God's not like us? He never gives up on us, never turns his back. He never quits. But I'm telling you, that's where we participate in our gifts and talents in the local church and also participate in our voting rights set up by our forefathers. And I think I got some quotes here they printed for me by our forefathers, um, just some things to help us have a little history this morning. The importance of voting and really Christian values and involvement in the political arena. Here's what John Adams said. We electors have an important constitutional power placed in our hands. We have a check upon two branches of the legislature. The power, I mean, 
of electing stated periods of each branch. It becomes necessary to every citizen to be in some degree a statesman. He said it is imperative that every citizen becomes a statesman. What's a statesman do? They declare things. They stand for things. They speak out about things. And to examine and judge for himself the tendency of the political principles and measures. Let us examine then with a sober, a manly, and a Christian spirit. Let us neglect all party loyalty. This is John Adams. This is one of our presidents. Listen, let us neglect all party loyalty and advert to facts. I'm asking you today with me to look at facts. Let us believe no man or woman to be infallible or impeccable in government any more than in religion. How many knows we fail God in religion? How many knows they fail us in government? Matter of fact, there's going to come a day when Jesus comes back, the Bible says the government of the world will rest upon his shoulders. I'm looking forward to that day. How many say amen? No more political advertisements. How many say amen? Jesus is going to run the show the way Father taught him in heaven. I'm just, that's just a little side journey. Amen. Take no man's word against evidence nor implicitly adopt the sentiments of others who may be deceived themselves or may be interested in deceiving us. He's saying when you listen to somebody, measure it by the word. Measure it by what God says. I, I, I mean, that just blows my mind. That's what our president said. Let me read another one. That's John Adams. Let me get another one. Uh... Samuel Adams. Was that, his, was that his dad or his uncle? I can't remember. Let each citizen remember at the moment he is offering his vote, he or she that is not making a present or compliment to please an individual, or at least that he or she ought not to do so, but that he or she is executing one of the most solemn tr trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. Nothing is more essential to the establishment of manners of a state than that all persons employed in places of power trust be of men and women of exceptional character. I don't know where we lost in voting for people who don't have character because they can do certain things. I don't know where that was lost, but the church lost her voice there too. The church needs to get her voice back. How many say amen? The church, we need to have a Ezekiel 37 speaking to the dry bones to gather up, stand up, and let's fight again. The church needs to be excited again about what God has in the future for America. I'm excited about the future of America. I see America in scriptures where some people don't. I see America being stirred again to take her place. And I see people already God's put into office that's helping us turn this nation around. Does anybody see that here but me today? Well, I think we need to be excited about it. I need to, we need to tell people. Dylan Craig is going to marry a beautiful woman who loves God. Dylan Craig's going to have a truckload of kids. He'll be a daddy coach. He'll continue to teach kids in the educational system. He's going to serve God all the days of his life, and his kids are going to serve God. How do I know that? Because God's word promises that. I'm going to be his pastor till I die, and I guarantee you, just like you, you're going to finish your race and your course with grace, but we have to turn our voice back up again. And not allowing the world and the government to influence the church, we're to influence these men set the government up. So the word of God and God set the government into motion. 
Not the government set the church into motion. I get, you see, y'all looking at me like I've, you know, ate too many waffle burgers or something. But listen, guys, if we don't get excited, who is? If the church doesn't rise up, who is? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody but the church of Jesus Christ. I'm glad we're at the right place with the right people at the right time. I'm glad what God started in us, he's going to finish. I'm glad that we're going to take apathy and shoot it in the head. We're going to take being lethargic, shoot it in the head. We're going to deal with our lack of understanding and knowledge. I'm going to, we're going to gain back what the enemy has stolen. We're going to defend what God has given us. We're going to have dominion over, like the Bible says, the earth and everything in it. We're going to have dominion over sin. We're going to have dominion over lack and sickness and poverty and depression. And we're going to have dominion over fear. Paul told Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given unto us the spirit of power, of love. He has given us the spirit and the power of well-balanced mind. And he has given us discipline with a self-control. Hallelujah. That drives out fear. That drives out fear. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. And fear keeps us from moving forward. Fear keeps us from speaking up. Fear keeps us from doing the right thing. America was not built on fear. America was built on faith. Built on faith. These guys and women paid a price to get us to where we can be. You are the right people. You're the righteous people of God obeying His truth. We're at the right place. This is our time to move forward as the church. And it's the right time to put righteous action back into everything God is doing. And I'm telling you, there's a story in the Bible in a place in Israel where they had no tools, they had no swords, they had no spears, and there was no blacksmiths in Israel. I say it's time we heat up the forges and start making the tools of God's weaponry available again. I say it's time we take the word of God and it, it, it moves from just being a little bitty short thing to a powerful sword of revelance in our life. I believe it's God, God's time for us to step up and to take back. I'm telling you, fear can only be moved out of our life by the light of God's word. Enthusiasm doesn't move fear. Let me tell you something, you can be enthusiastic but it doesn't move fear. Only the Word of God moves fear. Only the Word of God defeats the root of fear. We can live a peaceable, calm, sound mind. That's what it says. They had no tools, no weapons, no swords, no spears. But then, then they, get, they got their thing going again. And we need to take back our nation. We need to take back our nation one prayer at a time. One proclamation at a time. A participation at a time. And a place of grace. We need to just take it back. And I just want to close out today with simply this. I'll, these are offered out front. These are voting guides. And I'm just going to read some things to you. And I'm just going to let you say, I'm never going to tell you who to vote for. I'm going to tell you what principles are being included today. There's two different voting guides. And again, no word does it say this is how to vote. It just talks about voting our freedoms and our liberties. Okay? Everybody ready to go through that today? Anybody have a problem with this? Anybody have a problem just reading out? The stats, the statistics, reading out the facts of where people are. Everybody ready? Turn your neighbor and say, say you're ready. You know the problem with most churches in America, in America today? The pastors don't have... <clears throat> huh? They're muzzled by fear and afraid somebody will leave 
and the big giver will go, and somebody calls a problem. I'm one, I'm 65. Two, I don't give a flip. And three, I got an answer to a higher calling. I'm like the people who make those Nathan, those kosher wieners. I got an answer to a higher calling. There we go. Here's, uh, here's the seven things that this, this represents. Who will represent your values, your principles? And uh, this is um, Attorney General's race, and this is the Governor's race. I'm not going to mention the name, but I'm just going to mention who believes. Uh, what, you, can, you can get the card and finish your test, okay? Here we go. Here's, here's the seven things that's uh, been asked of them and looked at their life. Number one, protect human life. In other words, against abortion or for abortion. One is to protect human life. One is not. How many believe that God keeping babies alive is part of his principle? Okay. Number two, gambling, gambling expansion. One says no. One says yes. Protect religious freedom. One says unclear. One says yes. Legalize recreational marijuana. One says no. One says no response. Funding Planned Parenthood. One says no. One says, y'all know what Planned Parenthood is, don't you? Y'all understand what Planned Margaret Sanger, she started Planned Parenthood to control a race in this nation. Y'all, never mind. Thank God some people of that race are standing up and speaking the truth right now and calling things out. Again, I'm not for a, I'm not for a party. I'm not for an individual. I'm for God's principles. If they light on the Bible, I'm for that. I'm for them. And the last one was transgender bathrooms. One said absolutely not. One said I'm open to it. <clears throat> Is that pretty plain? How many would like to have one of these back there to pick up on your way out? How many would like to pick them up? How many don't give a flip? Just don't give a flip. Don't holler to me if you don't give a flip, okay? Here's the Attorney General race. Protect human life, yes. One says no. Gambling expansion, one says no. One says yes. Protect religious freedom, one says yes. One says mixed. Legalized recreation marijuana, one says no. One says no response. Fund Planned Parenthood, one says yes. One says no. Driver's license for illegal aliens, one says no. One says yes. Transgender bathrooms, one says no. One says I'm, I'm open to it. There's a lady in Texas that's brought her, I think he's four years old. You might see that story on that, where the family has decided to change the sex of this child. And I'm telling you, the devil is nuts, the devil is crazy, the devil is goofed up, and we have to take our place of participation in prayer, in proclamation, in participation, and in getting involved with praise and begin to turn it around one prayer at a time, one participating value at a time, one proclaiming God's word at a time, and one vote at a time. And I'm not one bit ashamed to stand here and tell you we will pass these out in the church, and we have another one breaks down all the people running in Kentucky. We have another one, just pick it up and read it. I am not ashamed because the church is what government came out of. We did not come out of government. And the people came from England for religious freedom. And then God set up a new government once they got here. So, hallelujah. If anybody wants to resign now, I'll meet you at the door. No, I'm just kidding. I know you love God. I know you love me. Some of us have been raised by parties. 
not by principles, but by parties. I understand that. Some of us have been raised to, to pull a lever for one whole party. I have never in my life ever pulled a lever for one whole party. Never. Because there's good people on all sides. How many say amen? In fact, the parties in the last 40 years have been like a pond that's got too hot. They've turned over. They've kind of switched in values and purpose. But anyway, here's the thing is, God, vote your heart. What would Jesus do? Remember, he goes in the voting booth with you. Think about your kids, your grandkids. Think about the church moving forward. Think about us taking the kingdom. Think about us taking ground that's been hidden and locked up in Jesus. And now in Jesus' name, we can go see it unlocked. Amen? Think about victories and freedoms and liberties. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. Think about that when you vote. And if you can't vote, listen, if you're not registered, you know, no condemnation. Register for the next set of rounds. But call people who are and say, you know what? I have some information about what they stand for. And I'll hand that out to you. How many say that's a fair thing? Amen? Amen. Well, everybody put your hands toward Pastor Pat. Listen, I pray, pray that, Father, I just pray that other pastors would stand up and just be bold and be vocal and not necessarily say who to vote for, but vote the principles. So the principles, the what's will, will arrive at a who. But Father God, we thank you for the sanctity of life. We thank you that you send us, gen we're gender correct when we get here. We thank you, Father God, that you give us religious freedoms. We thank you, Father God, that you're all about babies. We thank you all those things are in there. We give you praise and we give you glory. And, Father, we thank you the greatest thing we can do is tell somebody the good news that Jesus loves them. But while we're in on this earth, we have to live through and by and take our place in the situations of life. Jesus, you said, render unto Caesar's what's Caesar's. Render unto God what's God's. But, Father, I thank you for the rights and the privileges and the freedoms to be a Christian in this nation, to be a Christian in this state, in the counties we live in. And, Father, we want to esteem and hold you high, and we want everyone to know that we love you foremost, and we are applying our lives to your instruction in Jesus' name. I pray a blessing over everyone here today and strength and grace. Father, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you that they're committed to you and the kingdom, to this church, to the vision, to plant churches, to what you've called us to be and do. And I, as their pastor, and as their friend, and Lord, if I'm not their friend, overthink, that's fine. I still want to be their pastor. I, as their pastor, speak a fall harvest of blessing, of things they've been praying for, things they've been believing for, things they've been, people they've been praying for. I thank you for a harvest in November and December of blessing. Souls saved, lives changed, debts paid off, freedoms revealed, bodies healed. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we understand the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to love and win souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, we hope that you had a great time with us today at Family Worship Center. We're getting ready to receive our tithes and offering in just a moment. So if you need an offering envelope, go ahead and raise your hand now. The ushers will serve you and get that to you right away. Also, our text to give information is going to be right here on the screen. If you're a guest with us today, if it's your first, second, or third time that you've ever been here, we ask that you would grab a guest card that's located right underneath one of the seats there in front of you and fill out your basic information on there. We'd love to get to know you, share some information about who we are as a church and what we're all about here at Family Worship Center. 
Once you fill that out, you can take it right back to our guest central booth. It's to the left as you go to exit the sanctuary. It's going to be on that back wall. We've got a gift that we'd love to give you, a way to say thank you for coming and being a part today at our service. If you don't want to do that, you can slip it in one of the black mailboxes that's located on either side of the doors as you exit today. Also on that Connect card is a place to share a testimony of what God has been doing in your life and a place for prayer requests if you'd like for us to agree with you in faith about something going on in your life. Also on that card, you can sign up for all of our areas of ministry. We have five focuses here at Family Worship Center, children's ministry, youth ministry, adult ministry and leadership development, community, and church planting. Those are our five areas of focus, and we have serving opportunities in all of those. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. So fill out your information on that card. We'll find a best place for you to fit and serve here at Family Worship Center. A great opportunity to learn how God has gifted you, as well as the gifts that are inside of your life and how your personality may fit here within the church, is our Next Step membership class. We do these every other month here at the church, and it's a way for you to discover what we believe, how God has gifted you, and what it looks like to live a devoted life following Christ. We encourage you to sign up for that if you're interested in being a part of what's going on here at Family Worship Center. Right now, the ushers are going to take a moment and serve you to receive the tithe and offering, and we'll be back in just a moment. announcements and we'll be out of here all right the first one is the operation christmas child uh it's uh, again for that this year the boxes are due by 11 17 